0: Horsing around on Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial start of summer, of course, but uh, don't forget on Monday to take time, pause, and reflect for the reason behind Memorial Day weekend. It's a somber day, of course, but it'll be a weekend that sees a lot of people have a lot of good times. You're getting out of town, Andy Lindall, who joins me, of course, from of Blue 760. You're going down to Texas. Going to Houston.
1: Weekend. Family reunion.
0: Barbecue involved.
1: Now, get this. So, my, my uncle... Barbecue will be involved. I have an uncle down there that actually competes in the Texas Rodeo Barbecue Cookoff. Oh, and he's the real deal. And you know, it's funny enough, Andrew, because in a couple of weekends, people should note that it's Sports Authority Field. Yes, they're going to have a great barbecue event. Our friends from Stranahan's manufacturer are going to be a part of this a little mm-hmm. bit too, and. I'm excited about that. I I, I want to meet the pig leg porker. <laughs> the guy has been on our air yes. saying he's the pig leg porker. So we need to meet him before he heads out of town.
0: And we need to make sure he gets on to promote said barbecue. Yeah, fest. So yes, come check it out. It is actually uh, what is it, the 15th of the 17th. Yes, it's Father's Day weekend. Fa- appropriate.
1: Perfect, right?
0: Because how many fathers do you know that live to grill?
1: Oh, I'm with you. I'm telling you that
0: you now Steve Atwater doesn't grill. Come on now. No, seriously. Ryan Edwards and I were talking about what we do on the grill. I mean, I have a thermometer, Andy, that is actually hooked into my iPhone. So, really? like, I will put the chicken breasts on the grill, put the thermometer in, and then when they hit the right temperature, a little notification goes off. And so, because of that, telling Ryan about this, we start asking, hey, Steve, do you grill? No. He says his wife cooks so well she does most of the cooking, even on the grill.
1: Dude, all right, I'm texting him. That's a sin. Does he not mow his own lawn either? Is that a, you got a service for his lawn? I have a service for my lawn. Okay, I can't trust either one of you anymore. You got to <laughs> mow your own grass, man. You got to know. You got to know your property. I know my
0: property. I just, it's a lot easier to have someone do. it. It's not like I have that much of a yard either.
1: Well, I've got, I don't know, I, I enjoy it. I will tell you that. I enjoy it right now. Yes. I'm not going to enjoy it come July when it's like blazing hot. It's not fun to mow your own lawn when you've got company coming over and you know you got to get it looking right. Mm-hmm. Then I'd rather have a service. But you got to get a few mowings in of your own Well, I have to devices. admit, though, if
0: it was up to me, I would have a condo that was just big enough to have a uh, <laughs> grill on the deck, and, and that would be it because I, I don't really much like the, uh, the yard work and caring for all that. It's just...
1: It takes a lot of time. All right, I've texted him. That's my childhood hero. You just took him down a half notch, man. I'm going to have to let him know. How is a man not grill? That's all we do. I don't do anything else but grill.
0: Here's the thing. It's, It's teamwork in our house because on Monday, for example, my wife, before she left on Monday morning, she puts chicken breasts in a marinade. And they're sitting in this marinade all day. I get home. Fire up the grill. Grill six of these things. I put the digital thermometer in, and the iPhone goes off when it's done. And they were perfect. Juicy, tender, not too well done. Chicken can be very capricious. If you let that go too (laughs) long, it's not going to work out. Tremendous. A carpenter's only as good as his tools, and I have some good tools. But I do love to grill.
1: He's confirmed it. He says never, (laughs) ever. (laughs) <laughs> and he's rolling laughing at me.
0: He probably knows that you're talking to me right now because I, he remembers the conversation just so that we know, had on air.
1: I sent him the disappointed Farley face. <laughs> That's my go-to GIF. If you need to see it again here, it's right there. He's just yeah. giving him the... I think that and comes from that bit of I don't... Bennett Brower? Practice personal hygiene, hygiene. or Everything have goes, friends. I don't have style yeah.
0: or charisma. <laughs> I pick my scabs before they heal <laughs>
1: uh, so we got for food to picking scabs that was you that's oh, on you Oh boy
0: yeah well you know what it didn't take us long to crash this thing
1: <laughs> no i hope people are still listening for the actual information about OTAs. and
0: this is why when i promote it on the site and put it out there i even last week i said hey You'll we, warn people. We get if you want to skip straight ahead to the OTA preview, go to like 905.
1: I don't know why you do that
0: though. Well, I guess why do gonna, you want to miss this? Well, I, for people that just like in The Simpsons, when they're talking, when the city gets some money from Mr. Burns because he's taking the drums of nuclear waste and putting them in in trees and you have squirrel shooting lasers out of their eyes, they get to the town hall meeting and you have everyone in the crowd saying, get to the money, get to the money. And Grandpa, get to the money. And so I know there's people in the audience that could be saying, get to the OTAs. Yes, because there were actual practices <laughs> this week. We in the media saw one of them on Tuesday. So now we have seen Case Keenum throw a pass in practice for the Denver Broncos against the defense. We have seen Bradley Chubb practice. We have seen Jake Butt and Chad Kelly practice. So there's still plenty of mystery, but at least this week now we can start pulling back the curtain a little bit and seeing what's going on. So I do understand why fans may be listening to this and saying, get to football. We're almost there.
1: It's coming. By the way, just to update the Outwater text conversation. Yes. He's continuing to laugh. So I said, you mow your lawn? He gave me a heck no. I don't even own a lawnmower. So I just sent him, I'm deleting your number. Well, I
0: guess I shouldn't tell you that I don't own a lawnmower either.
1: Well, I mean, you guys got to do what you got to do. You at least grill, so it's okay. You got a problem with Star Wars, too? Is there anything else we need to shatter here? I love Star Wars. Were you, you know aware that? that the Seattle Secondary's Legion of Doom nickname came from the Super Friends back in the day? I, I'm quite okay, aware of that, then yes. we're all right.
0: We're fine. I mean, Star Wars is a Star Wars movie coming out this weekend.
1: Tyler told me this week that he hates Star Wars, he thinks it's overrated, and he was unaware that the late Legion of Doom was an actual, that Legion of Boom was a playoff of the Legion of Doom.
0: Well, then we need to get Tyler and Steve together because Steve, well, he doesn't really like movies in general. Like, he'll watch one movie and that's it. Or watch a movie once and that's it. Uh, he tried to get through Star Wars and it just didn't click with him. So Ryan Edwards and I, we will toss Star Wars references at Steve. Are you texting Steve yeah, again? I've
1: decided I have to send him another meme. <laughs> I've got him. You can keep going. I'm hearing you. I'm like anyway, a child yes. as well. So, so Ryan
0: Edwards and I will toss all these Star Wars references at Steve. And I actually said today that our Star Wars, our Seinfeld, our pop culture, whatever we toss – Basically, our references are Okoye and Steve is Steve, putting them to a cold halt right there in the middle of the field. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's a big weekend for Star Wars because Solo comes out. Yeah, are you going to go see it? Are you a first day guy? Are uh, you going to go tonight?
0: Uh, no, partially because yeah, I know go- the answer to that. But well, I'm going to Boston this weekend. I'm going to watch the. Uh, The first place Braves, well, they may not be in first place. Oh, well,
1: sneak that in.
0: They may not be in first place by the time people listen to this. First place Braves and the first place Red Sox duel at Fenway Park and also see some of the sights in Boston. You know, Fenway was the first park where I saw a Major League regular season game when I was 12 years old,
1: 1988. I've never been to Fenway. Wow. The only legendary baseball stadium I've been to is the original Bush Stadium. I haven't been to the new one.
0: The original one that was Sportsman's Park or the one that the football Cardinals? The
1: one that uh, Ozzie Smith played in. Okay,
0: that's actually the second Busch Stadium. Because the first Busch Stadium, it was known as Sportsman's Park. And then the Bush family of Anheuser-Busch fame bought the Cardinals in the 1950s. Now, what happened was that they originally wanted to change the name of the stadium to Budweiser Stadium from Sportsman's Park and Major League Baseball told them no. Some rule. Yeah, it was a rule against like corporate naming and all that. So he said, "Well, fine. I am August Adolphus Bush. I'm going to name it Bush Stadium." But then said, "I'm creating Bush Beer." And that's why Bush Beer exists
1: because of Bush Stadium. Yes. And now Bush. It was peer, a way of
0: working around the r- the rules at the time on sponsorship. And now they're on the third Bush Stadium. You went to the second one.
1: I went to the second one. I watched Ozzie. I want to say Newsom, Um Ozzie Smith, <laughs> Willie McGee, Andy Van Slyke liked him for probably obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Will Clark, Tony Pena, who else they have out there? It was a hell of a Vince team, Coleman. Man. Vince Coleman. Vince Coleman. Willie McGee though used to freak me out because he had like the long neck with the big Adam's apple. And I was just like, man, that's a gigantic. Like I couldn't watch him taking it back because he just had that huge Adam's apple. Tommy Hur, I think Tommy Hur was there at the time. Probably. He probably missed
0: Keith Hernandez. He was probably a Met by then. (laughs) I think he was.
1: You can't you can't say that without me thinking of Seinfeld. By the way.
0: I am Keith Hernandez. I have a bobblehead saluting that appearance, by the way, from a Brooklyn Cyclones game. And he's pointing at the, you know, he's talking about the second spitter on the Gravely Road. So on the bobblehead, he's pointing. (laughs) I'm such a nerd. I'm sorry. (laughs)
1: Anyway. I said something about you. I can't remember it now. There was another Seinfeld moment I needed you for on the show today. And I was trying to remember what it was in reference to, but I knew only you would remember. And I was right because Tyler just gave me a blank face. And he's like, really? Make I'm surprised you
0: just don't keep me on speed dial and like, like oh, call him, call Mace up, he'll know.
1: We try to, look, I, <laughs> Steve Atwater says keyword should, <laughs> <laughs> he he should, because I told him all men should grill, mm. and he doesn't. So anyway. Yeah, what? We'll Steve you know, is his own battle.
0: man. One of the things I love about Steve Atwater is he has the confidence to just be himself. This is who he is. Take
1: me or leave me. when you took one hit to ruin a guy's legendary legend, oh, yeah. just his legend. Period. No more legend now. There, uh, you another, can be that way. There's
0: another Steve Atwater story I'll tell you, and it, it was at the combine this year. And he and I are walking from the hotel back to the uh, media area, or no, opposite. We're walking back to the hotel, and. Bill Belichick is walking by, and Belichick is on his phone, and he's talking to somebody. And, you know, I mean, he's off kind of in his own world. He's focused. But remember that Steve played for Bill Belichick in 1999. Right. So, you know, Steve, you know, they, they catch each other's eye, and Belichick smiles and gives him a little fist bump as he walks by. And I turn to Steve. I said, you know, they're probably about, in, in this entire scouting combine, there are probably about 10 people here that could have done that while Belichick was on the phone, and you're one of them because you played for him, and he, really, and he still really likes you.
1: Shouldn't have cut him then.
0: Well, no, he was gone. Belichick had gone to the Patriots. Was he? Remember, he resigned as head coach of oh, the Oh, that's right, was
1: one-day head coach I, of Jets. I, I resigned
0: as HC of the NYJ, and they let Steve go. By the time they let the Jets let Steve go, Belichick was with the Patriots and, and all that. Well, But there is a healthy amount of respect, I believe, for, from Bill Belichick for Steve Atwater. And I imagine if you ever asked Bill Belichick about Steve Atwater for the Hall of Fame, he would give you the best response possible. Hey, okay, so this is so, a Bronco podcast. So next time the Broncos play the Patriots and they have the conference call, if Steve Atwater is not in the Hall of Fame by then, I'm going to ask Bill Belichick, hey, Steve Atwater played for you, what are your memories of him, and uh, where do you think he ranks among great safeties? Because if you get him on football history... He'll give you like a five-minute response on anything. Can you just call in an asset somehow? No, I maybe I need to find a way for someone in the media out there to ask about Steve Out.
1: Raul Martinez. That's right. There it is. We'll call up Raul. Our friend
0: Raul now working. See if he'll do dirty work for us. NBC affiliate in Boston. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny, man. Um, real quickly, because we I know people want us to get to the Bronco football, and we certainly will. <laughs> but what did you make of? I mean, Belichick. It's Belichickian, and it's the usual. But, boy, I'll tell you what, talking about the player, I'm not going to talk about the guys that aren't here in reference to your franchise quarterback, and then Kraft coming out and referring to the meetings he's had with both guys. There's definitely a little more tension there than I think anybody would like for a successful coach and quarterback. Don't you think?
0: I think so. I'll, I'll say this. When he said that, I had a thought of Normandale and Hoosiers. Remember when they had the pep rally? And the crowd starts chanting, we want Jimmy. We want Jimmy. And he gets up there and says, I would hope that you would support us for who we are rather than who we are not. (laughs) And then goes on and then closes by saying, this is your team.
1: (laughs) And that's Belichick right there to a T.
0: Right now, Tom Brady's not there. Brian Hoyer is. This is your team. And you know what? If Tom Brady gets hurt this year, they'll be happy about this because then Brian Hoyer's gotten snaps with the first team, but not with Rob Gronkowski.
1: Although they say he's close to a contract, so I don't know. I don't know what I believe. So Gronk's
0: Gronk's gone from maybe retiring to signing a new contract.
1: Yes. Oh, it was all about the contract. Do you know know what I knew it was all about the contract? (laughs) When he showed up to talk to Kraft – and he had his uh, agent, Drew Rosenhaus, was in tow. Yeah. That's when I knew. I was like, all right, I know what this is about. If your agent needs to show up to hear the apology, the Mm -hmm. apology will be paid in dollars.
0: Many dollars. Yes.
1: So, anyway. Anyway. We digress.
0: Let's get back to the Broncos, because you know what? The Patriots are not on the Broncos' schedule this year for the first time since 2010.
1: But there's plenty of quarterback news to talk about. Oh, yes. You want to start there? Should we just take the low hanging? Let's let's,
0: let's let's start with quarterback. Let's obviously we're gonna start with Case Keenum because he's number one. He's clearly number one. Clearly. Thought he looked solid on Tuesday when we saw him. The thing I liked about Case Keenum, quick decisions. He's get he's making up his mind on his receiving target and he's getting rid of the ball. And I think there the Broncos had the chance to make a lot of good plays this year because Case Keenum is getting the snap finding his hot read, finding his first target, seeing him open, anticipating the break on, on his route, and getting in the ball. And we saw plays like that on Tuesday. That's exactly what you want to see. But then you have Paxton Lynch and Chad Kelly. Paxton Lynch gets some reps. Then after the first team goes again, Chad Kelly gets some reps. I didn't think Paxton Lynch looked bad based on what we saw on Tuesday. But I was impressed by Chad Kelly considering that was his first time out for all intents and purposes.
1: Yeah, I I guess to add on here, I want to add on to what you said about Case, because here's another reason why you're right. The other thing I liked about Case Keenum, and I was talking with former Bronco Ryan Harris about this, who, of course, you know, is now in the media as well. And we were having a chat. My old pal Romy Bean was in on it a little bit as well. But we were talking about working the pocket, because what I loved about Case, even though this was non-contact drills, Case showed you. He manipulates the pocket better than anything we've seen the last couple years, and, and people know I'm—I got you know people know I like Trevor, but even Trevor did not work the pocket the way Case did. Eyes up at all times, waiting to make a throw. And to your point about the quick decisions, there are a couple times where you could see him check, boom, that's not there, that's not there. I want you could tell he wanted to throw her out, but decided I'm just taking this. I'm just taking this because this is over there. My clock is up. I've got to get rid of it. The pocket's starting to shrink on me. I'm getting it out, and that's something we've not seen the last two years. So that was an impressive thing. There's a pace. There's a confidence. Guys clearly like him. I'm excited to see what he does when it actually gets to contact. To your point about Chad Kelly, boy, the ball, just it just hops out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Just hops out of his hands, Andrew, and that was impressive. He was comfortable in the pocket as well. I can see why there's going to be some excitement surrounding this kid. Uh, it's probably going to be an interesting battle for number two. Now, I've heard some people apparently label – uh, paxton's day is great i wouldn't call it great but i'll tell you this for whatever it's worth and and i'm not being snarky about this the reality is we're looking for improvement out of paxton lynch i thought he threw the ball in time to people better than we've seen he at least he wasn't high on passes like he was a year ago if he was high
0: it was to where the receiver could get to it like on that big cash that Cortland Sutton right. had near the end of practice That wasn't a bad throw. That was putting in a spot where only the receiver could get it, not the defensive back.
1: That's a 50-50 ball, which you're going to throw up to a guy like Cortland Sutton. He also, I thought, had the throw of the day. And, And what I credit him for, especially in this case, is he rolled out, and I believe he was designed to roll out after a fake handoff, he didn't roll out of the pocket because he was nervous feet or whatever. He rolled out because it's what the play called for, and he got to what would have been about the hash marks. And I didn't see the running back he tossed it to, but it was about a 25, 30-yard pass, and, yes. I mean, it was a dime. Hit the guy in full stride, no adjustment to the pass whatsoever. It was a beautiful pass.
0: Now, again, he had another pass that hit Isaiah McKenzie kind of like that as well.
1: Well, in stride. So he's throwing the ball better, which is great. Now And he's look, making quicker decisions. In fairness, though, we've got to see it against defenses. Yes. defenses. We've got to see it you know where he's still throwing a lot of straight throws and I want to see him throw into a tiny window I want to see him throw in time and hit a guy out of a break and all that stuff but guess what good start to the off season for Paxton Lynch good for him
0: was it promising yes and I think that's the thing I'm not going to sit here and say it was the best practice I've ever seen but what is was it promising for him did he do what you hoped he would do on that first day did he show that he's learning and growing yes and I think one of the reasons why I can say that with confidence, is the fact that he was getting the ball out quickly. He was making quick decisions. And that's been the issue with Paxton Lynch, indecision at times in the pocket. You don't get rid of the ball, you don't take off, and thus you're stuck there and you're a sitting duck. And that's what I did not see from Paxton Lynch. I did not see him trapped in the pocket. I saw him getting out, getting up, and making the throws. Now, there were some that he wanted to have back. Do you Remember the one that Josie Jewell easily could have picked off. Had it in his hands. Now, a nice play by Jewel to read a play as it develops, and that's going to be, I think, a strength of Josie Jewels as he goes forward and understanding what the opposing offense is doing and reacting to it. He's very good at that. Showed that at Iowa as well. That's a throw that Paxton Lynch wanted back. But another example, it wasn't a completion, but Zach Kirk kind of flashes in front of Paxton Lynch, and instead of Paxton... Throwing the ball when Kerr comes and having him knock the pass down, he waits for Kerr to flash across and then throws the ball. So I think the internal clock for Paxton Lynch, in terms of incorporating everything around him, I think it's getting a bit better.
1: Here's the reality. As we already laid out, Case Keenum is your starter. Paxton just needs to, at least right now, show enough improvement to, A, make sure he is the backup quarterback, and, B, be ready to challenge for the job next year if he's thinking about challenging again make it next year this is case's job this year the the, the team has spoken they wanted to be case's job um now we'll see you know again i saw some people some people levied some criticism against some other stuff it wasn't necessarily mine i didn't see everything they were saying so i'm not going to put it out there not everybody was in love with the full practice just to give you a fair picture of things but at least for you and i i saw some things out of and i didn't expect there was some improvement it's good enough for now Good enough for now. That's a
0: good way of putting it. And look, it's the first week of OTAs. doesn't have to be perfect right now. But you, do you see progress? Yes. Another thing, I want to go to the offense in general because if you look at it, no matter who was at quarterback, the tempo was quicker. I caught up with Devontae Booker after Tuesday's practice, and he offers an explanation of why the tempo was a bit faster than we've seen in the past. What does this scheme this year allow you to do that maybe wasn't possible last year with it being a bit more complex?
2: I guess it still like allows us to play faster. The play calls come out quick, um, and you know they're not they're not long like like it have been in the past. Um, you know, like I said, part of the reason is that is just you know once once you got a short play call, or whatever it is, you can go out there. You already know what you're doing. You're going to go play fast. When you got like a long play calls, make you think everybody getting lined up in the wrong places and different stuff. But um, I, I like this game. It's it's pretty cool, and uh, we're gonna make it work. Did
0: that happen a lot last year that you noticed guys were lining up in the wrong place because the because it was a little too complex?
2: Yeah, that, and uh, it could be a little bit of everything. You know, some guys could forget a play or whatever. I mean, we're not all perfect, so, I mean, but we try to keep the mistakes at a minimum. And, um, you know, just got to go out there when, it, when the plays is called and and they're pretty, you know, short and, and sweet. You can go out there and play fast, so it's pretty cool.
0: Even out here today, do you notice a difference?
2: Uh, yeah, um, you know, everybody been playing fast. Soon as the huddle, soon as the play called in the huddle, get out there lined up, everybody ready to roll. Um, the defense was you know, pretty slow it went once they're coming out of their huddle, so we was kind of waiting for them a little bit.
0: Interesting stuff they're talking about how even the play calling is a little bit different. Shorter play calls, and that is helping the quarterbacks get the play out in the huddle, and it's helping the offense get to the line of scrimmage. And like Devontae mentioned, there were some plays when the offense was set to go, and the defense was still getting its place, still uh, kind of getting out of the huddle a bit.
1: Well, and I imagine that's a must-grade thing. Mm-hmm. And you do it with a young quarterback, you do it with all quarterbacks. And we saw it in LA last year. Get to the line of scrimmage, make them give you an early look, try to see if they don't tip their hand. Maybe you adjust, maybe you don't. If nothing else, maybe you at least keep the personnel grouping they have on the field and you tire them out, and you go a little bit quicker. Use the altitude to your advantage. Maybe they're going to do that, maybe they're not. We still aren't quite sure. I mean, this is going to be a Bill Musgrave offense, but I think there's going to be some Gary Kubiak influence in there. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some, you know, maybe even some of what they took from Mike McCoy. I mean, clearly whatever they were doing had something familiar that Paxton, as you said, looked okay functioning in it, mm-hmm. and Chad Kelly looked okay functioning in it. So I don't think they've completely wiped the board clean. And you know you can do it with a Case Keenum because the guy has already been through so many offenses in his career. I think his mind does adjust quicker. Uh, I Look, I think for the first time in the last two years, I'm more comfortable with this quarterback situation than I've been since Peyton left. And frankly, things got interesting with Peyton when we could tell uh, Tyler doesn't remember this time because I guess he was still playing. But, you know, Andrew, I've never forgotten Peyton being very uh, upfront about how he wasn't consulted, as he famously told us at the end of OTAs back in 2015. Uh, before the Super Bowl season. We asked him about the offense. Mike Kliss thought lobbed what we thought was a mundane softball question for a quick quote, and we'll all go home. And Peyton gives us this explosion. Well, nobody asked me, so I guess they don't care. I mean, I'm not being asked about it, so I'm just going to do what I'm told. And I was like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> here's the first little hint that maybe you don't love going to Gary's offense. And it's like really since that time, it's been an interesting watch. To your point, there's a rhythm. There's a chemistry. There's just things we haven't seen the last couple of years. I like
0: your word interesting. Interesting can have a lot of connotations. For the offense, the interesting has not been pleasant. No, interesting (laughs) has not been interesting when it comes to scoring. (laughs) (laughs) So, you hear from Devontae Booker. D'Angelo Anderson told me some similar stuff about how Bill Musgrave has simplified the offense and how, you know what, it started to happen. Uh, when Musgrave took over for Mike McCoy last year. That was sort of the beginning of this process. Now you're expanding on it. The question I think now is, A, will the results be what you want, and B, will this offense allow some younger players to get up to speed more quickly? I'm thinking about Jake Butt, who I thought looked good on Tuesday. I'm thinking about... Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay at running back in the competition there, and I'm also thinking about the guys trying to be the number three receiver. Isaiah McKenzie was up first and had a pretty good day on Tuesday, but Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, will this offense allow them to get up to speed more quickly?
1: I hope so because I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll tip. Here's what I think is interesting. Mike Kliss had told us as he tweeted out last week, look for Devonte Booker to be the go-into-the-season favorite, to be the starter. Mike Kliss already had adjusted that on Thursday, telling us when we had him on Orange and or Blue 760 mm-hmm. on the morning show, he said, I know this, Royce Freeman's going to get carries. Royce Freeman's going to be a part of this. He so good. He's already starting to see some of what could change things.
0: There was a run on Tuesday where he had a, just a picture-perfect cutback. And the thing I noticed with Royce Freeman watching him Tuesday in practice the vision is tremendous.
1: And he's a man now. That's a wide-shouldered, yes. big-body dude that doesn't look like he's fun to tackle.
0: Uh, he, he's a, he can take a pounding. And he's got speed, some speed, enough speed. I mean, he's not going to be a 4-4 blazer, but he's got enough speed to spare. And I'll tell you, I look at him getting reps. I look at Devontae Booker now. I want to see it from him. In the preseason and the regular season, we know we can do it out here in OTAs because he did it in OTAs last year. I want to see more from him. I don't, he, he can't linger in the three and a half to three point eight yards per carry range, which is where he was the first two seasons. He's got to improve on that. Philip Lindsay. I mean, all, all the running backs I thought looked good. All of them had their moments. Philip Lindsay is so intriguing because of the speed and quickness that he has. And even he was rotating in and seeing uh, some first team reps as well, and galloping through holes when they were there.
1: You know what he running did? back looks really good right now. You know what he did that I loved, Andrew. And it's OTAs, right? They're not in contact with the running backs, kind of like to go back on your point. The reason why the proof will be in the pudding is we're not we're seeing touch football right now, and I want to see how yes. back breaks contact, how you handle first contact, gets through tackles, on and on and on. One of the things though, that I think plays anywhere Philip Lindsay had a run where he got outside he was just he would have been just off his tackle and then he put a spin move on a dude that doesn't let you try to tackle him right I don't have to wonder how you'd have had to break that tackle cuz that spin move was so quick you're not getting they're not tackling they're not touching you that spin move was so good the other guy that I think is, you know, in OTAs, you and I are excited because we finally get to watch a practice digest something. About the other time. guy. You can't spell about time without OTA. That's right. That's mm. right. Mm. The other guy, though, that I know is going to transfer, Cortland Sutton is yes. a good looking prospect. That jump ball, that 50 50 ball you talked about, well, guess what? Contact or not, he's winning that battle. He's winning that matchup. He,
0: he looked good, and watching the precision of Deshaun Hamilton's routes, the cuts that he makes. And he's making himself a viable option for the quarterbacks to find him short, like five yard cross, boom, there he is. I think the Broncos found a couple of quality guys with those receivers in the second and fourth round See, who, who could complement each other very well down the line in the next few years.
1: It's funny, Andrew, because I really, we all like Jordan Taylor, man, and I think the kid's a football player. I just hope he can get healthy. Either for my for my for my desire to see Jordan stay on the team, he needs to either get healthy quick, or be able to start the season on the pup. Because if you don't get in any reps during this time, this is what appears to be. It's going to be more of a battle for receiver than I think we've seen the last couple years. And it's Carlos an Tendison wasn't
0: out there for team.
1: I, he between, needs to get out there
0: between the two. Yeah, between the two rookies and Isaiah McKenzie looking really good. And if the, the question for Isaiah McKenzie is, can he hang on to the ball? Well, and, and with Isaiah McKenzie, for all he's doing out here, even if he does well in OTAs the next few weeks, it's going to be all about what he does in terms of returning punts in the preseason. And if he puts a ball on the ground in, the pre, in a preseason game, I hate to say it for him, but it would be like he negated
1: all the progress that he would have made.
0: And certainly you're going to feel that nervous murmur in the crowd.
1: Yeah. You're right. Well, he's got to win the fan base back. You know what? He's got to win the fan base back. You
0: can't have the fans yelling, oh, crap, when he's
1: out there. Honestly. You want the opponents yelling, oh, crap. You're right. And and I think, let's be honest about it, though, Andrew. He's got to win his teammates back. I mean, everybody's worried about what we're saying. You and I know deep down the guys don't care what we're saying. We didn't play. But for everybody that says something, and, and frankly, Paxton Lynch is a little bit in the same boat. You've got to win your teammates back. I want to see the Shane Ray, oh, you're going to doubt me, huh?
0: Yeah, Shane Ray, I think, is going to respond very well to the challenge in front of him. Paxton Lynch, let's see how he responds. If Chad Kelly plays well, what is Paxton Lynch's response going to be? Is he going to up his game? Because that could be a legitimate competition over the course of the summer. I mean, I saw some tweets and some people saying, oh, the way they're using the quarterbacks based on that first practice, there's not a real competition. That's BS. I'm sorry. It's one practice. I mean, last year, they rotated quarterbacks in their use. You know, some days it was Trevor. Some days it was Paxton first, depending on the day. So I think, yeah, this week we're probably jumping to conclusions. And I don't want people to do that. But you can tell, I think, some guys that are looking good and have shown some promise based on that. And, you know, we'll see them again next week. And... We'll see who matches that. We'll see who the stars are then.
1: You know what I do like? You're right. We're always jumping to conclusions. That's what this off-season workout stuff is for. But I do think we see confirmation mm-hmm. that the draft class is as intriguingly good as we thought it was. Mature.
0: That's the other thing. I looked at those guys, the draftees that were out there, and it did not look like their heads were swimming. No. I mean, they were, it looked like they knew what they were doing, where they were going.
1: Nobody was holding up the pace of how Mm -hmm. they should play, and the pace was good and much higher, as you said, than what we've seen in two years.
0: I want to touch on the offensive line at some point because it was your partner, Tyler Palumbas, who suggested Menelik Watson could get a look at guard, and there he was at right guard splitting first-team rest with Connor McGovern this week.
1: I had asked him, did you get some inside info? He said, no, I know how to do math. And the math is when you're making $5 bucks and it's guaranteed they're finding a way to play you somehow. <laughs> so now I'm not saying that Connor's lost that battle, but we had to figure that somehow, some way, they were going to find a place for Menelik to compete for something because they're paying him $5 bucks.
0: And the other thing with McGovern is you know what he can do at right guard. So if it doesn't work out for Menelik Watson, you just put McGovern back in. Uh, whenever that plays itself out, if that happens. And you should be fine. You know that McGovern can step in and be capable. I think right now it's about seeing what Menelik Watson can do, and I don't think it was about just one practice. I would expect to see more Menelik Watson at guard in the coming weeks, and you kind of figure things out. Now, it could be possible by the time you get to minicamp, which wraps up offseason work, that they don't like what they see, and maybe Menelik Watson is back at guard. But for right now, or back at tackle.
1: But for right now, why wouldn't you give him, a, give him a shot? Well, because, again, you own the money, you're guaranteed. And it's pretty clear Billy Turner is the swing tackle right now. So, And he can also be
0: guard. That's the thing right. about Billy Turner. He could potentially play four positions on the offensive line. And you know at least he can handle both right side spots, guard and tackle. And, and that's he, helpful.
1: Here's the other reality that we've touched on on our shows. Am I excited about Jared Valdir? Yeah, I am. Guys played at a high level. He's a mountain of a man. Mm-hmm. He's a different kind of tackle than they've had here in a while, but he's also coming off injury, and he's a guy that, if we're just being frank about it, had some struggles in his switch to right tackle, as you'd expect. Injuries probably exacerbated year. that because yeah.
0: he's, he's had seasoning and ending injuries the last two years.
1: And that's another thing you got to keep in mind. And, you know, Ronald Leary had the sore foot. I mean, the bottom line is you've got to have some depth and you've got to have some options. I've said this before. The thing that bothered me about last year is I'll never forget. I start doing the show with, our, with my man Tyler. And, I, you know, Tyler and I are just getting to know each other. We're two weeks in, and Tyler's not afraid to tell me, yeah, I don't like the depth of guys that they have to choose from on this O-line. He said, I'm worried this is going to be a problem. He ended up being right because you just didn't have a lot of options there. So you've got to figure out right now whether you've got enough depth to give yourself options if you decide, I don't like what I thought was going to be the starting plan early in camp. And
0: if you don't like your depth, then like last year, the Broncos went out and got Allen Barber right before the start of training camp. If the Broncos don't like the depth they have, I think you'll see them make some kind of move right before camp, and I think that's true at any position. I uh, Take cornerback, for example. You have Tremaine Brock working as the number three corner. No surprise there, and I think he's going to end up staying there. I thought he had a pretty solid day on Tuesday. There was one moment where he forced an incompletion from Case Keenum to Demarius Thomas, and Keenum kind of wanted a flag, and I'm thinking, no, 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 you're not getting that. That was actually a good play by Brock. And I think the interesting thing with Brock is I think he takes seriously the mantle of maintaining the performance of the no-fly zone, even though you have TJ Ward no longer with the team and Akeem Talib saying, hey, you can't call yourselves no-fly anymore. Well, you got Chris Harris Jr. that says, yeah, we are still no-fly, and I think that sort of attitude and expectation has a chance to elevate guys play i think it could elevate tremaine brock
1: but i like the most is case keenum came out and i think pretty genuinely did not apparently know they were called the no fly zone and you could see a little of the texas competitor come out in him where he's like all right we'll be going against the no fly zone that's fine but even if he does and he's just kind of
0: downplaying it you know what i like about that if he's kind of dismissing that nickname and what they are then to me that says i'm not going to use what they are as an excuse. If there's a bad day of practice, if there's a couple of picks, I'm not going to say, "Well, it was against the no fly zone." I think, certainly, we in the media, we would look at how things were going in practice, and if the starting quarterback struggled and had a, and got picked off, it'd say, "You know what? You're going against the no fly zone. You're not going to see anything that tough in the regular season." I think we all sort of used it as a crutch a little bit. Case Keenum isn't going to do that And I like that about him
1: No oh, no I like the swagger That's what I always said he wanted He has, And he's a, got it
0: He's got a swagger that hasn't been there I know we talked about it with say Baker Mayfield Coming into the draft It's Not the same kind of swagger as a Baker Mayfield But you can definitely tell There is a resolute self confidence That Case Keenum has Part of it is hey You've had this successful season in Minnesota Part of it is hey I'm the man. For the first time in his career, he's the clear guy, the clear number one. I've got a great opportunity here in front of me, and I'm not going to squander it. If there's one thing that makes me excited about this year, it is actually that Elon, that attitude, that presence that Case Keenum had. And he he had it in practice.
1: Oh, he's got edge to him. You know what? We talked about it this week.
0: I like guys with edge. I don't trust people who don't have an edge. Yeah. I can trust Case because you can see that little fire comes out. If you're always kind of saying the right thing, doing the right thing in salesperson mode, I don't trust you. But Case Keenum, he's real. He's authentic. He can be a little bit raw. You you can see the edge to him. And because of that, I like him and I trust him.
1: I'll tell you, I'm smiling because uh, we talked about it on our show straight up. Brock Osweiler had all the right answers in the press conference and none of the answers you were hoping for in the game. So, mm-hmm. what I like about it is Case Keenum has a way of of getting around to the to the message you want delivered, but there's an edginess to him. I it's, can not see why the, Kubiak it's not likes the him. refined, crafted answer that feels like you scripted the night before because you knew the question was coming. Now, that said, I still like Brock, but. Oh, you nothing know, against
0: Brock Osweiler.
1: We'll never forget ball security is job security around here, right? Unfortunately, uh. you went right out and ball security was not to be found oh boy anyway you know what i wanted to do real quick before we have to go
0: forget about last year
1: yeah well i mean (laughs) they trust me the early the early going uh we need it let's give a shout out to james griffiths who apparently heard us talking about josh gross yes hexing goalies and texted josh who then texted me back the exact exchange so shout out to james in san diego we appreciate you listening
0: yes thank you very much and we know that Little things like that tell us that we know that people are listening to this. Yeah, hey, we so, got a big kick out of it. Hey I, hey, I get the notification on my iPhone when it comes through, and I love seeing it. And actually, I started playing it in my car, and uh, my daughter asked to hear more of it because she liked listening to Daddy.
1: That's good. Hey, she, she won't likes, always feel that way. Soak it up.
0: Yeah. Eh, she likes you, too, I think, as well. But... Uh, that's week one of OTAs. We'll have more after week two. Of course, we'll see the Broncos practice next week. We'll surely have more notes from that. I'll empty the notebook. I had like 12 pages of notes in my reporter's notebook from the practice this week. I'm sure I'll have about 12 pages from next week's practice.
1: Yeah, I cheated off your notes. That's okay. i that as notes. a
0: compliment. Thank you very much. I'll have a thorough Compendium we'll of argue about
1: something at some point, I'm sure.
0: Oh, I know. That's we've argued about things over the years. Not much, though. Uh, well, you and I—we're the same generation. We're kind of a, of like mind, but hey, that's all right. Appreciate you coming by, Andy, as always for Andy Landall. I'm Andrew Mason. Have a very good weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you after week two of OTAs here on the Horse and Round Podcast.